Hey there, are you sick and tired of feeling sick and tired? Join Adol Kozilski and Fagy Stern as they explore ways to reverse chronic illness and achieve vibrant health. Your health is your only wealth and together we can be better. Hashtag Healthy You, Wealthy You. May we all be sealed for a good year. Welcome everyone to the Healthy You, Wealthy You show and good morning, Fagy. Good morning, Adol, and Shana Tova to you too. How was your Rosh Hashanah? Very different to every other year, that's for sure. Um, it was really beautiful, spent time with some family, uh, went to a nice little small shul. Uh, the kids had a good time, so all in all, it worked out really well. Excellent, excellent. I've got to say that, yeah, I agree with you, it was very different. I kept on thinking Mashiach was going to arrive because from about 7 in the morning, like until about 3, 4 in the afternoon, all I did was hear the chauffeur wafting in and out from all the various, uh, uh, you know, uh, shul, little shuls that, that had sprung up all over the neighborhoods. In fact, we blew chauffeur on, on, on our street for a whole lot of neighbors. It was, it was quite interesting. I actually liked it. It was far more homely and, you know, individual. Almost feeling like you're in, in your shalayim. Exactly, exactly. And one of the things, since this is the Healthy You, Wealthy You show, I've got to say, I was like really impressed. I ate unbelievably well on Rosh Hashanah and I ate so healthily. And I think it was because everybody was focusing, as we spoke last week, on the simanim, you know, on the different foods that had to had like spiritual value. So I was eating pomegranates and healthy foods and leeks and carrots and dates. And I, I was thinking, you know, Faye, you're going to feel very proud of me. <laughs> <laughs> you ate those dates. Well done, Adel. Yes, it was. It was actually really, really, really good compared to other, other yontavs. And so now we're going to be flipping the coin today because um, in a couple of days' time, we are going to be entering into the holiest day of the year, the Day of Atonement called Yom Kippur. And um, as everybody does know, this is when we go and we fast for 26 hours. Now, quite frankly, I, you know, I always say for myself, I'd rather God ask me eat my way into heaven than fast my way into heaven. But what we're going to do today is we're going to actually look at fasting from a couple of different areas. Um, to be healthy is not only to eat healthy food, sometimes it is to abstain from food, and we're going to discuss intermittent fasting and what fasting does to our bodies. But we're also going to go and look at it a little bit more on the spiritual side, the psychological side, because at the end, what we are trying to promote over here is that health is not only about the absolute physical around us, but for us to recognize within ourselves that we are composite human beings and that uh, we need to look after our health spiritually, physically, mentally, and emotionally. So I want everybody to stay tuned, and if you'd like to join the conversation, it's 34519, or our telegram number is 061-895-1019. This is the Healthy You, Wealthy You show with Adol Kosulski and Fagy Stern. Hey, welcome back, and this is the Healthy You, Wealthy You show with myself, Adel Kozilski, and Faggy Stern. And we thought that since we are in the midst of a very, very festive season, that we, we have a discussion about, you know, what we are eating as we're going through this, this, this period, because it is, there is a lot of eating. I was actually telling one of my Gentile work colleagues, um, who's just started working in the area, 
like just beware, you know, in the next month, I said to him, it's, it's like going out of Egypt. We do start buying food and making food like there's no tomorrow. So <laughs> we need to, <laughs> we need to uh, look after that. And I thought that when it comes to Yom Kippur now and to fasting in general, one of the ideas that we all know, um, and it's driven home and you can read a lot about it on the internet or you know, speak to your local rabbi or read a Jewish book on it, is the idea of changing our ways. And Fergie, I was thinking that, you know, on, 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 for sure on, the, on, on this level, this Healthy You, Wealthy You program and what you and I have, you know, set out to go and do is to try get people to change their ways and to start taking responsibility for their health. Um, and by extension, taking that a little bit more, you know, there's, there's five steps that uh, Judaism teaches when it comes to Yom Kippur in order to, so to speak, change your ways. And really the five steps is that, number one, you have to practice cessation, meaning you have to immediately stop any harmful action that you're doing. Now, obviously on a spiritual level, that is that, you know, if you have one or two character traits, anger, laziness, arrogance, you know, that are the underlying causes of your mess up. Uh, you're asked to look at it. To you, you can't start even doing anything without recognizing that you're doing something harmful. And you need to focus your energy on, on tackling the root cause. And I was thinking that's very relevant to us because the first key to health is that you actually stop the harmful action. Stop eating those foods that you know are unhealthy for you. Stop the sugar. Stop the preservatives, the additives, the colorants, the, the binge eating. You've got to actually recognize before you've even started that this, what you are doing is harmful to you. Because if, if you don't recognize that, then you can't get off step one. So that's a very interesting idea. Then the second is regret. Now, regret is, is, is not something, regret is not guilt, meaning you can't say, well, I was so bad, you know, I know it demobilizes me, it depresses me, and, and then you get all stuck up and wallowed in the past. Regret, regret is empowering. And if you say, I failed to live up to my potential, I want to eat healthier, I've been making bad choices, but I want to change and do better, that's, 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 that's healthy regret and healthy, a healthy way to start a new year physically, spiritually, emotionally, psychologically, to actually understand that it hasn't been good the, the, the way that we've been living and, you know, try and move forward on that. And then, so you're saying once you have that regret, you want to then change it into something positive and make better moves forward. I can tell you that just a couple of weeks ago, I went through um, some further health testing from a genetics point of view and, and, and a, a much more like, um, like deep away, and I regret now. I actually am sitting with the regret that I've lived my life the way I have until now, you know. And had I known better, I, I certainly would have like changed the course of my my physical health trajectory much much earlier. And now I look at my children, I look at the people around me, and I'm I'm trying to convince them, and saying, don't wait until you get to my age. Well, I'm not that old, but I'm I'm, I'm still <laughs> grandmother. And, you know, I've, I've finished my childbearing years, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and I'm hitting middle age. And along with middle age comes all the, you know, the health issues that, that your body just deteriorates. It's not able to function to its optimum. And I regret 
that I behaved the way I behaved when I was 20 and when I was 30. So you have epigenetics in your favor, so don't worry too much. (laughs) (laughs) You do, you do. But I think part of turning around and having a healthy lifestyle is, is that regret is to actually look at it and say, you know what I mean? Like I kind of, I've failed to live up to my, my, my potential on, on absolutely every level. And what can I do now to make things better? Well, the third is actually confessing it, right? Admitting your mistake by articulating it verbally. And that's part of our prayers on Yom Kippur. We know that we say it out loud uh, because it makes it, that makes it real. It concretizes. And what's important is to, to be vulnerable enough to speak about it outwardly. You know, to, to other people, to, to, to you, to, 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 to anybody, um, out there who, who's willing to listen and is going to be empathetic because when you actually verbalize the fact that you regret what you're doing and you make a, a commitment, so to speak, out there, then it kind of like strengthens you, right? Because then the fourth, the fourth level is the resolution not to repeat it again. Now, mm-hmm. God doesn't expect us to be angels, that's for sure. And we can't change everything overnight, but we do need to commit to a realistic, more long-term plan of action that will allow us to go on our traject- our new trajectory. So in terms of health, again, uh, you know, pick one small thing that you, you're happy to change forever and stick to it. Like if you're eating too much sugar, like just choose not to pile three teaspoons of sugar into your tea in the morning. Stick to that, you know, or stick to the fact oh, I'm not going to bring cold drink into my house again. Stick to one thing and one thing will lead to another. That is human nature. Whichever way you work, human nature is either, you know, you, you are, you, you go in a positive way and one positive deed leads to another or the other way around, vice versa. One negative bad habit leads to another negative bad habit. And, and yeah, finally, you need, you need to forgive yourself for, 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 for behaving the way you have. <laughs> you know, for Yom Kippur, you're supposed to go forget, ask forgiveness for other people. You need to, you know, make amends to other people on a much deeper level for, for great health, psychologically, spiritually, emotionally, you need to forgive yourself. You know, you, you can, you can have the regret, but then you end up beating yourself up and saying, I can't believe I did this. I can't believe I did this. You gotta go forgive. And let go and move forward. And so I think the steps for that, that we go through on Yom Kippur, um, just in terms of our spiritual selves and our relationship with our people, with, with the people around us, also relates to us and our, on our health journey. The interesting thing you're saying though, Adel, is that you can't actually, you can't actually move forward without the regret, but you mustn't cut, you mustn't get stuck on the regret. Right. Right. You need to, right. you need to be able to move forward and forgive yourself and then make those positive changes. Yes, yes. And, and now it's, it's such an opportune time now. Like, you know, repentance is in the air on all levels. And I think that again, we've spoken about it many, many times. COVID, COVID-19 has come to teach us that. It's come to teach us to reset our compasses to, you know, just do a reset on how are we living our lives? Our bodies are our temples. It, it houses our souls. And it's that which carries us around every single day. Why have we been so abusive? Let's turn this entire thing around. If you want to join this conversation, 34519-061-895-1019 is 
the telegram number. We're going to go for a bit of an ad break. And afterwards, we're going to start unpacking what fasting does to our bodies. IFM, 101.9 megahertz of life. We've come a long way together. Ten years. Hundreds of thousands listening. In over 80 countries. Sharing the same goals as you. The same vision. The same values. Thank you for staying with us. Here's to you. Hi FM. 101.9 megahertz of life. This is the Healthy You, Wealthy You show with Adol Kasulski and Faggy Stern. Welcome back, and Faggy and I are discussing the idea of fasting, and we are certainly going into a 26-hour fast um, in a couple of days' time on Sunday night from sunset on Sunday until after the breaking of the stars. On uh, Monday, for those that want to know the times, you start fasting around about 10 to 6, uh, just before 10 to 6, in fact, 5.48 on Sunday night, and we will not allow any morsel of food or drink to pass through us until 20 to 7 on Monday night. So, Faggy, as we, as, before we discuss just the particulars of, and the science of Yom Kippur fasting, Let's talk about fasting altogether. Um, you know, from a health perspective, there is this concept of intermittent fasting. What does that mean? So, Adol, when, when the concept of intermittent fasting came out, I was actually a, a hairdresser that works with me. She kind of came to me and said, have you heard about intermittent fasting? And I thought, oh, gosh, another fad. <laughs> like, what, <laughs> what's yeah. next? Um, you know, fasting, how can you fast every single day? not eat until a certain time and then go and eat your, your supper and you're done. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just one of these, the next thing, what's next? And um, it actually became a pretty big concept out there and people have really, really benefited from it. Now, to start off, obviously we always say that we're not health professionals. If anyone is interested in intermittent fasting and the concepts of intermittent fasting, always um, go through a health professional um, if you do have any um, of your own issues that you'd like to discuss, obviously deal with a, prof- a professional. Super important because, again, everyone has different um, things that they're going through in their lives that they have to just double-check that intermittent fasting is actually for them. So how do we start with intermittent fasting? I just want to add there just before you start on how we do intermittent fasting, I think the point that you've just said is very, very important. Um, on my health journey, I've been advised intermittent fasting is not good for me, um, just simply because of my genetic makeup and my metabolic makeup, and in effect puts my body into far more stress um, than, than need be, though for a lot of other people it is very good. So again, yes, emphasize, 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 whatever we're going to share with you, or we're going to share with you the mechanics of it, but please speak to a health professional of your choice before, you know, you embark on anything. Right, Peggy, how do we... There are are plenty of people out there that do deal with intermittent fasting and do know the ins and outs, obviously, as to who can and can't do it. So definitely deal with a health professional. 
Um, so the way that it actually works is it's everyone has their own hours in what they prefer to do. Um, and they say that the best hours for the ideal hours for fasting would be to fast for 18 hours and then to eat for six hours. So (laughs) (laughs) most people, most people like, like fasting for six hours. And that means just the little sleep that I get. And then I eat. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I guess that's your way of intermittent fasting. (laughs) But they do say that the ideal would be 18, six, maybe sleep for 18 hours and eat for six. (laughs) Yeah. I'll try that. I'll try that. (laughs) Um, So they say, basically when you wake up in the morning, um, not to eat and your cortisol levels do rise in the morning um, and that's basically when you do want to eat but they say past that that phase um, and you you'll realize actually that you are not hungry the only time that you actually do start eating is when you have real hunger pains not like oh my gosh I'm a little bit hungry but that your stomach does get pain um, that you get a little bit weak or that your your head starts getting a little bit dizzy that type of stuff that's real hunger so you have to basically work with your body and understand when you're hungry, um, which is the most important part. Now, how do we actually start off? We start off slowly. You don't just decide, okay, I'm not eating for 18 hours and then I'm going to start eating for six hours. It's important to start off slowly. How do we do that? Um, we cut out the carbs to, to start off with because obviously it's the carbohydrates and the sugars that our body is craving and needing. Um, at the insulin levels and our blood sugar sparks, etc. That's how we always are constantly hungry and constantly needing to eat. We then go from that to eating, let's say, three meals a day without the snacking in between. So you're eating your breakfast, you don't snack, you eat your lunch, you don't snack, you eat your supper, you don't snack, etc. You have your three meals. You then move on to skipping meals. So you can skip your breakfast or you can skip your lunch, etc. And you then move slowly into those hours of your eating. Now, what's important is to understand what to eat at those meals. The two very important things to eat at those meals would be to have a healthy fat, which would be obviously like avocado, um, coconut oil, have some nuts, etc. at each meal. That is what's going to push you over onto the next meal and it's going to actually give you the energy that you need for the, um, in order to not have to snack or not have to eat in between the meals. The other important thing to eat is vegetables because the vegetables have the fiber, which then feed the microbes. And you also need the potassium and the magnesium and all the minerals from the vegetables as well to push you off and to not have to eat in between meals and to give you the energy that your body needs in order to actually fast. Now, the, it's actually very, very interesting what happens when you're fasting. There's a point in the fast, there, there's certain points in the fast that certain things happen to you. So what happens at 12 hours, what happens at 18 hours, what happens at 24 hours, etc. And at about 12 hours, your body isn't, it's like not used to constant eating. So our body, we're actually, it's interesting these days, we're all constantly eating. You're always thinking, what am I going to eat next? I've had my breakfast, what's my snack? I've had my lunch, what's my snack? Our bodies are actually not made to do that. Obviously, nowadays, with all the products and all the things that we can get off the shelves, um, all the delicious foods that we can get in the shops, that's what makes us want to eat constantly. 
And if, Adel, how many times do we think that you want to snack on a cucumber or snack on a carrot in between our meals? Are you always like looking for a, a cracker or a cookie or a pretzel? We even send our children with all these salsa snacks to school and it's all processed foods. So what happens at 12 hours is that you actually get this growth hormone and it, it actually heals your joints and it makes new proteins in your body, which is incredible because it's basically taking all the stuff that's going on in your body and it's creating new proteins, which helps in many, many areas. I'm not going to go into that now, but it helps with many, many areas, with joint pain, with um, inflammation, with brain, with concentration, etc. There's a lot of stuff that it helps. At 18 hours, there's something called autophagy. We, are, we develop this autophagy. Now, what happens with autophagy is it's recycling the old damaged proteins and microbes and it turns the damaged proteins into amino acids. And our body then goes and uses those um, immuno, um, amino acids. And that then renews the tissue that's in our body. So I think the whole concept of intermittent fasting is that while our body is in fasting mode, our body is actually healing itself. Our liver is able to heal itself. Our stomach and our gut is able to heal itself because we're basically not feeding our body all this fuel constantly. We're not feeding it all this glucose, all this sugar, all the carbohydrates that our insulin sparks, etc. I mean, if you think about it, after you've eaten like a very big meal or after a yum tip where you've eaten so much, the next day we are all exhausted. We're all tired. We can't move. We have no energy, etc. If you think about having not eaten for so long, you actually have a lot of energy, which is interesting when I went on that diet that I mentioned, the um, Cohen's diet, and they, you're meant to, me- like you're me- meant to measure all of your proteins. And when you see the amount of protein that you, that you're allowed, you think to yourself, how am I actually going to survive? How am I going to have that much food in, for each meal? But the amount of energy that you have during the day, during the night, um, you know, it's, it's phenomenal that less Food actually gives you that much more energy. Well, thank you. At I'm 24 hours, yes. How's it? <laughs> I've missed out a little bit of thing. It seems that there's been like a, a, a an area internet crash. So I've just come back on, on 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 WhatsApp and picking up on on what you what you're talking about. You know, one of the interesting things that I read is that a human being can actually go without food for months on end. You know, it's not an impossibility. Yes, they say, I mean, there are some people that are doing these 72-hour fasts and they do it constantly. They almost mm-hmm. do it every week because they want yeah. their bodies to be able to have the time to heal themselves. Right, right. That's, that's so actually I'll, quite... I'm at the stage, say again. Go ahead. I'm at the stage of 24 hours. What happens to your body at 24 hours? I've mentioned 18 hours where your body develops this autophagy and basically mm-hmm. renews the tissues. And at 24 hours... Your body starts using fat. Like if you have a fatty liver, your body starts using the fat from that liver and uses that as energy. So you start running on ketones. Instead of you running on glucose, you run on ketones. That's what they all say about, mm. you know, are you at ketosis? Right, right. Um, and then ketones is basically an appetite suppressant. So you don't have, a, a, it will, you won't have any more cravings and it provides a lot of oxygen to your body. 
quite amazing that, huh? If you then, it's incredible. Once basically you're using ketones as energy for your body, which is a better fuel than the, than the glucose, your thyroid mm. then doesn't have to work as hard and your body, basically because your body's not working on that glucose. So there are a lot of organs and huge benefits to your body by not constantly eating and by doing the intermittent fasting. We all know, I mean, we've been discussing about inflammation. It lowers inflammation. Um, people that have like joint issues, inflammation in their joints, arthritis, autoimmune um, diseases, that type of stuff. Most, most of the time, it seems like the, the intermittent fasting, again, allows the body to heal itself. The, the gut has a chance even at that stage to heal. Like if you have SIBO, I know we've discussed SIBO a couple of times and we go to, we say to each other, what is SIBO? It's, there's a, it's called small intestinal bacterial overgrowth where the, where the microbes are actually in your small intestine. And this, obviously with the intermittent fasting, it heals, um, the SIBO. It can also heal, like if you have any heart conditions and your brain function also improves. I mean, I actually, when intermittent fasting started, I thought to myself, let me just give it a try. And I'm the type of person that I can't not eat breakfast. I wake up in the morning, the first thing I do is go make myself my eggs and my avo, and I'm eating my breakfast straight away. But when I did the mm. intermittent fasting, I realized, actually, I'm not so hungry, and actually, I don't have brain fog, and actually, I can concentrate that much better. So it has, like, huge ben- like benefits on your brain and on your heart, etc. When do you, when do you, like, like, run your intermittent fasting? Like, so what time would you stop eating at night and when would you start eating again the next day? Well, it's interesting because remember Taryn mentioned that if, if someone does want to do intermittent fasting, she almost suggests that people do eat breakfast. So I think everyone has their own way of doing it. Mm. She says in order to have the energy during the day, you do want to eat breakfast and then stop later on when your body needs to then calm down and go to sleep, etc. But I think mm. most people's ways of doing it is that you stop eating, let's say, around eight o'clock at night, seven o'clock at night. You count your sixteen. Hour, you count your how many hours? Eighteen hours. Uh, and then hours. you start eating at twelve o'clock, one o'clock in the afternoon again. But it's important, and uh, uh, obviously I, I missed a bit of the conversation with our uh, technical issues here. But it's important that you're still drinking through this period. Absolutely. In fact, they say yeah. that you must um, not only drink, um, you can have tea, you can have coffee if you want, etc. But um, water is crucial. But an interesting thing that Dr. Eric Berg says is that salt is actually also very important. Because when you're drinking oh. all that water, you need to replace mm. the body with that salt that you're, like, that you're losing. So like electrolytes is very help, is very helpful because it helps with all the energy that you, that your body needs. But again, also, your now, body needs all those vitamins and minerals. So to make sure that you are taking your, your B yes. supplements, et cetera. Well, th- that's something that I just want to weigh in over here because whenever, uh, you know, I hear people preparing for Yom Kippur, they're sitting swallowing the power aids and all of these other, uh, you know, energy drinks. You know, why they, yes. they might have the electrolyte solutions, they are probably intensely unhealthy because of all the colorants and sugar and everything else that you're sticking in. So I think part of the, the intermittent fasting is to change your body from, you know, from, 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 from going for the glucose 
you know, and, 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 and using the body fat now to burn. So one must be careful that when one's drinking, one's not like throwing in, you know, like a, 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 a sugar drink that is just going to spike Correct. the sugar. Because that, that, that really, I think, is the one thing that, that the people don't say intermittent fasting isn't from everybody. If you do not have a stable blood sugar, the worst thing you can do is to put your body into stress and fast for 18 hours. And um, because then I'd rather eat small amounts often in order to keep your blood sugar levels stable. And that won't put your now body The interesting thing but, that I find is that people, you know, they say, oh, I'm doing intermittent fasting and then I can eat whatever I feel like because right. it's okay. And it's, the calories are a certain amount, etc. But if you're going to go and start eating all your breads and cakes and cookies and sweets and all the sugary products that you're going to be put, you know, fueling your body with, it isn't going to give you the same benefits as feeding your body, obviously, all the healthy fats, the healthy proteins, and the vegetables. Mm. Right, right. And I think, I think let's just talk about drinking for a while because I think that that's, that has a lot to do now with managing a Yom Kippur like in a, in, in, in a healthy way. Just to talk about hydration. You know, we are the majority of our body is made up of water. And, and it's the biggest component of our body's weight, right? And we can't, we can't store water like we store glycogen or anything else in our body. And that's why, just by the way, we can live with, uh, with, with food for, with, without food for a long time, but not without any liquid in, in intake. And so it's vitally important that we drink because we are, we are constantly losing water, even if we don't realize it, even through breathing, apparently. Okay. Um, we can, uh, we, 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 what's the name? We, we, we lose water. So I think hydration is the most important. And one of the things I heard about intermittent fasting is yes, you can have your coffee or your tea, but be careful with those because those are dehydrating. They actually make you even more thirsty. So, you know, the best is to go, as I tell my, I used to tell my kids, Hashem's best juice, which is water. Because, you yes, know, absolutely. water has an incredible, incredible way to, you know, to cleanse your, your, your system. Being dehydrated. I've never really understood when people of, say that they have a, a bunch of cups of coffee in a day when they're intermittent fasting, when it can like yeah. deplete you of certain vitamins and minerals and dehydrate you at the same time. Right. So that, when, that, that in terms good. of, in terms of hydrating, we also know a lot of people stop drinking their coffee a whole week before, you know, Yom Kippur, yes. just so that their body doesn't need it or doesn't crave it and they don't get headaches, etc. on, on Yom Kippur itself. Right. So we're discussing fasting as a general concept. We're discussing Yom Kippur as a time to turn around uh, your life and, and, and take on some good resolutions like understand it, regret it, confess it, and then take on a, a, a new way of life. We'd love you to join this conversation on 34519 0618951019. After the break, we're going to talk about what we should do before Yom Kippur so that we actually prepare our bodies not for an 18-hour but for a 26-hour fast. This is the Healthy You, Wealthy You show with Adol Kosulski and Fagy Stern. Welcome back and we are navigating around. It seems like it looks like there's a huge internet crash across South Africa right now but thank God for WhatsApp and whatnot. We are still online. We are discussing fasting and uh, the ins and outs of intermittent fasting and how we can prepare ourselves for Yom Kippur that is coming up. Um, 
I, I can share with you one of the things that I've actually learned, and it's, it's helped me a lot. I am an awful, awful faster, hence why I have been advised not to do intermittent fasting. My body actually does not like like not eating. Maybe I don't like eating myself. Me and my body don't like <laughs> uh, the lack of the, the, the lack of food. But one of the one of the secrets that I have learned um, is in, in order to prepare for 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 the fast is that you can't prepare for the fast on Sunday morning. Um, if you are, for example, a coffee drinker or a tea drinker, you should start weaning down the amount of coffee and tea at least for a couple of days before. And what you need to do is you need to actually hydrate yourself a tremendous amount. Truthfully, it's not as much as what it is that you eat on on Erevion Kippur that will help you see the fasting, but how hydrated you really, really are. Because when you hear people suffering from headaches, um, et cetera, et cetera, it's because you are dehydrated. And that's just simply because our physiology is water-based. Um, when basically what happens when you dehydrate your body, your body becomes stressed, your metabolism slows down, and that is then it causes the body to go into a shutdown. Sometimes you'll even feel your your body temperature drop, and all of that is because of the lack of water. So the wisdom of of fasting well on your kippur and truthfully throughout the entire year is drink, drink drink and drink. Even if you're trying to lose weight, you know, during the year, the best way is is to drink. Most people I know joke when they finish Yom Kippur, they go, geez, I lost three kilos. And in truth, it's not, you didn't lose anything, you just actually lost, you, you lost through hydration. So I think that food is very, I mean, the, the drinking is very, very important. Um, so I know that I, I drink copious amounts, like for two, three days before, just to make sure that I'm 100% um, hydrated before Yom Kippur comes in. The interesting thing is we also, I mean, we prepare ourselves so much for a fast, but in the end of the day, we should be doing all these things every day. Absolutely, absolutely. One other thing, one other secret that that, that I found, um, and I used to, I, the, the, the tablets used to be available um, and a, a, a long time ago. You were able to get them in the shops. It was called some, some color thing, tablets. Um, but um, they're not available anymore. They're tablets that used to come from Israel that they said, swallow these tablets and you'll fast easily. But a very, um, very easy way to, to, to tablets to take that actually replaced with some cow is to swallow spirulina, interestingly enough. If you That's get like the market raw red spirulina, the tiny ones, the small ones, and you take six of those just before you start uh, fasting, you will have an incredible fast. If you are completely hydrated and you take six spirulina, it's, it, it actually, well, it certainly works wonders for me and I'm an awful faster. Um, when I've done it 100% right and I'm very conscious of what I'm doing, I actually have a brilliant fast that 26 hours later, truthfully, I could go, you know, I could carry on. I actually finished the fast and I'm not hungry or thirsty. And the reason why... Um, and the reason why I take it is because spirulina is really a very complete food. If you look at the at the insert, you will see that it has like 22 amino acids. It has absolutely everything. In fact, mm. one practitioner once told me that if you just eat spirulina all day long, you will be uh, getting a lot of nutrients that you generally don't get, um, you know, when we eat normally. So that is a, That's very just interesting. a little hack. 
you know, that you can try. It certainly will do, it, it won't, it won't do you any harm. It only can do you, um, good. The only people that should worry about spirulina is anybody who is a sufferer of DVT and taking aspirin and all of that. It does affect your blood, you know, blood filling uh, capacity. So be careful there. But for the average person, we generally finish our meal just before Yom Kippur and, uh, are down with a, or an extra glass of water, uh, for good measure with six spirulina and it actually works fantastically. Coconut water is also very beneficial actually. It has a lot of electrolytes. Uh, people that right. do, um, Bikram yoga and lose a lot of their, their liquid as well, they then go and drink the coconut water and that's very beneficial. Right, right. So how, how do we start our fast? Well, believe it or not, the Torah actually gives certain indications of what you should eat when, when you are going to start the fast. Interestingly, Yom Kippur is a holiday, um, that we prepare for very joyously. Even though we are coming into a place where we are going to be, be fasting and we are acting like angels, in truth, what, what we do the day before is that we, we eat in, in, a, in a joyous manner. And we're told to eat two meals. One big Yom Tov meal, like at lunchtime, so that this year would be corresponding to Sunday lunchtime. We wash and we eat a Yom Tov meal as we would have prepared a meal for Shabbat. Um, and then eat a lesser meal, which is called Sudata Mapseket, the, the meal at the end, of, you know, just before the starting of the fast. Um, and eat less then, which I also think is very important. Most people just like, kind of like cram in a meal just before uh, the beginning of the fast, and that just throws your sugar all the way up, spikes it up, spikes it up. And by the time, like, I don't know, 10 o'clock on, on the night of your kipper is you're already hallucinating about your hamburger and chips. <laughs> so <laughs> what you are eating on the day before your kipper um, is first of all, you should, according to Torah, you should be eating substantially, but you should be eating well. And the Torah goes and tells us that we should pace ourselves and we should eat meals that, number one, do not have a lot of spice or have a lot of salt. Because, again, salt is dehydrating. It will work contrary to what it is that we're trying to do. And the same thing with spice. Spice can also cause a lot of thirst. Um, and really when you're preparing the meals, don't go for the grilled and the, you know, the, the oily stuff, rather go for the more bland, broiled, boiled, you know, baked type of stuff that, 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 you know, that is, that is more nutritious and easier to, uh, to, to, to digest. Um, and certainly again, coffee, Coca-Cola, tea, all of those things. Um, you know, will work contrary for, for your system in trying to help you get over that hump. So that, that We've spoken very that often about high blood sugar spikes. So I think we all know at this stage what those types of foods are, you know, the proteins, the vegetables, the healthy fats, and stick to, yes. as you say, like pacing yourself yes. during the day and not overeating. Also, one of the things that, 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 I, that I was reading of is, is that fruits – um, despite it has a, a high fiber contact, is worthwhile to, to eat fresh fruit because it contains a lot of water in a time release form. So again, on the day before Yom Kippur, it's good to eat water rich foods like melons and like grapes, um, you know, that, 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 that are coming out because that, that too will, will, will assist you. Breaking the fast. We, we've always learned that pawpaw is very beneficial. We always eat pawpaw. I, I mean, I never eat pawpaw in general, but every, every, every Yom Kippur we eat it. 
Yes, and it helps you a lot? As, I seem so. <laughs> so that's an interesting one. I, I, I don't mind trying that. That, that, that. that sounds interesting. Breaking your fast also is, some, is something that you should be careful of, right? Um, you can't go and, yes, you have, you have been fasting for 26 hours and then just go and, you know, barrage your, 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 your digestive system with a fatty, like high carb, like everything, you know, delicious meal straight away into your body because it will actually can, it, it can make you dizzy. It can make you feel really, really, really sick. What you should do is you should break your fast on, on, on something, um, something liquid, you know, a, a cup of water, a little bit of tea or some other drink, one cup, and then slowly nibble on something again, grapes, a pomegranate, a piece of honey cake or, or a baked apple. And then in an hour after that, you know, allow yourself to, to sit down for, for a meal. We're going to go for a little bit of a break. And when we get back, we're just going to wrap up some stuff about Yom Kippur. This is the Healthy You, Wealthy You show with Adol Kosilski and Fagy Stern. Welcome back. And we are discussing, we are discussing Yom Kippur and fasting. And just to talk about fasting as a whole, just for everybody out there, if you are sick, you are elderly, you are, you know, you're, you're struggling through COVID right now, you're pregnant, feeding, you do need to speak to a rabbi, a competent halakhic authority, as well as a doctor and in conjunction with the two of them uh, to go get a, perhaps a different way on how to fast or what to do. There is dispensation for eating in specific ways, but all of that um, is there only under the auspices of, uh, of, of a halakhic and medical authority. So while fasting, again, is good for most people, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's good for everybody. And that, you know, you should be, you should, you, you should be careful, um, with what, what you are doing. Uh, are there any other things, Fagi, that you want to add in just before we sum up the show? You were discussing about what we eat after Yom Kippur and I actually mm. found it quite interesting how by the next day we feel almost worse than we did while we were fasting. And I wonder if that's because of all the foods that we ate after Yom Kippur. Yeah. Um, all the sugary yeah. foods and our, our insulin sparking up and down and we're starting to feel all dizzy and funny. Right. So it, it, it's actually an art on how to start the fast and how to finish the fast in order to gain the most benefit. Obviously, the benefit primarily from a, from a Torah perspective is a spiritual one. We're trying to divest ourselves of our material reality and actually, you know, hear ourselves inside, hear our souls. I think that there is also a physical benefit and that one needs to take care of one's body in a way that, you know, you don't shock it in any, you know, in, in, in either way, before or afterwards. And uh, now really is the time where we can look at what we're eating and choose to just be more intelligent and, and, and more decisive about what we are putting in our mouths because what we eat is who we eventually become. And uh, that certainly has shown shown its face now in COVID-19, that it's not necessarily the also, virus. I think maybe killed. to be able to take the effort that we put into Erev Yom Kippur and after Yom Kippur and understand that food has such huge benefits to us um, and kind mm. of take those little steps along the year as well. Absolutely. So on that note, 
Fagi, and then by extension to all our High FM listeners, a Gamar Khatimatova may it be a, a sealed good year, a good year of health, physically and spiritually, along with all the other blessings that everybody needs um, for a redemptive process out of our, uh, I guess, self-indulgent, selfish world into a world of, of giving, of joining together in brotherhood and peace and in happiness. So to you and your family and to everybody out there, Shana Tova again and Gamar Khatimatova.